Well, there's just so many friggin' settings on this thing. I'm just trying to figure out. Did you get a new style of haircut? Like a new style? No. He did. I just got a cut. <laughs> oh my god, yes. He did. It's it's the FU haircut. Yeah, it's the FU Lockhart, welcome to another episode of Consultants Saying Things. I'm joined today by the full crew. We have Shashi Shramali, Phil Yanoff, and Bill Bensing. The problem we're talking about today is around this idea of the need for deep industry knowledge and expertise in a particular field or particular industry, particular domain, in order to really effectively do the work. And you know, actually, Bill, I wanna I wanna get your take on this problem because I know you hire a lot of consultants over the years and you probably uh, have faced this or maybe even been in this position of asking for this. So give us, give us your take on, uh, on the need for industry knowledge here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in general, there's a problem as far as an over-reliance on people looking for people for industry knowledge. Um, even in today's modern economy where some of your, your industries, you saw some traditional verticals, let's say FinTech or some logistics, but your business models tend to be very unique. And so you're going and trying to find the unicorn individuals or the unicorn team and you're always asking for more skill sets or something out of a set of people that in general just does not exist. So I think there's a problem with people going out and trying to source skill sets, um, you know, based upon some, some specific industry expertise. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I, I buy, I buy that that's happening, but I, you know, Phil, to what extent is this a problem, right? Is this, so what, maybe they, is it a problem if you end up with people with too much industry expertise in an area? Uh, well, uh, to me, I think the problem is that there's on two sides, right? One of which is, you know, you may be faced with the fact that you're coming into a client situation where the client is demanding without good justification, deep domain expertise. I mean, there might be times when that's completely appropriate, but a lot of times when it's simply not. I mean, if you're in there to solve a problem, I mean, and, and again, my other concern is that you may be taking yourself out of opportunities where you might actually learn something because you're thinking, you know what, I don't have the healthcare billing side of this. I've really not been in that side and I just don't understand that very well. So, um, you know, you might be pulling yourself off the table and that was a great opportunity for you to learn something new and to dive in. I, I think that there is a value in being able to come to a problem set with a fresh set of eyes, right? I mean, there's a value in saying, you know what? I'm not sure I understand the problem. How about you explain it to me and let's see where we can go with this. Yeah, I, I, I like that view. I mean, it, to me, it, it, it makes sense that there are, you know, give and get Shashi's take on this because I think he may have a different perspective. But I think, I think there are places where domain expertise or industry knowledge is actually, you know, pretty important. I'm thinking like, you know, medical research and things related to like government regulations and things like that. It seems like you would really need to know your stuff. Um, uh, Shashi, what, what's your take on, on this? In order to solve a problem, um, you need both the expertise. You need the domain expertise. You also need tech expertise and you need deep expertise in both the areas. The question is, depending on the scope of the work you are delivering, you need to think what kind of people within client organization you need to interact with. Does the role within your project team 
require more interaction with business then you need to know their language you need to know their industry in order to connect with them appreciate the problem better but if your role is to interact with the tech group of a company then you need to be more tech savvy so that is the reason why i call it consulting is a team sport right so you need uh, a team where you have one person who has let's say 70% um, healthcare knowledge 30% tech knowledge then you need another person who has probably 70% tech knowledge and 30% industry knowledge so together they are lethal but if you just send somebody who has 70% domain knowledge 30% tech he won't be able to solve the problem because he doesn't know how to execute on it on the other hand if you just send the tech person he would not be able to understand the business problem he would need somebody to translate or articulate that problem to him uh, and he would be dependent so, on somebody else so you're just talking about they're having like a, a well-formed well-rounded team right yes. and i've heard you say consulting is a team sport before but like if i'm if i'm an individual and i'm the only one i'm, I'm not on a team i'm just there by myself right. um you know and i'm i'm looking for this consulting gig at wherever and you know it says hey you need to have uh you know 10 years of uh health claims processing uh experience right and you know to phil's point you look at that and you're like well i haven't done that i mean i kind of understand the underlying technology and the patterns involved in in performing that function but i don't have that on my resume am i taking myself out of an opportunity that maybe i should go in and, and give it a shot uh, I, I would. This is a great point. If I were you, I would stay away from that opportunity. You know why? Because you are definitely going to fail. Hundred percent going to fail because health. And you took an example of healthcare claims. It's an. You need to understand the entire process really well because at the end of the day, that claims processing process is being implemented within the technology stack. If you don't understand it, you will fail. So another way to handle this is you go to the client and. Be bold and explain it to him and say that um, I have very strong technical expertise, but I would need another couple of weeks to work with somebody within your organization to understand the claims process. I'm smart enough to ramp up in two weeks time frame and later on I'll be much more productive. That's one way to deal it. But uh, let, me, and, let me just say any, any problem that I can figure out in two weeks, I mean, it wasn't that complicated to begin with, right? You will figure out at a certain point in time that you are able to, um, you know, take it forward. Uh, you start up from being a nobi to somebody who is aware and understand this how these things works. Would you be an expert in that? No, it would take you at least a one entire project lifecycle to claim yourself as close to being an expert, depending on your intelligence level as well. So I want to play with two, but what you guys are talking about. So between expert and problem solver, right? It's funny. I can walk in within 80 hours and this is, maybe I'm putting my foot in my mouth or cheating my own horn, but within 80 hours, a good problem solver outside of a domain should have a very darn good idea of a potential path forward to at least beginning to solve a problem. That's my perspective. So it's going back to the domain knowledge. I think Phil, you're talking about like from the problem solving, Sasha, where you're sort of going on some of the stuff is, you know, um, I don't, let's say, go back to domain knowledge. It's, if you have somebody who's a good problem solver, now let's you know, put that aside on defining what a good problem solver is. I don't think the domain knowledge is necessary. That's why I almost think when people ask for domain knowledge, they're truly asking for somebody who can solve problems in some domain space, but they communicate it as, I need a healthcare expert, as opposed to, I need somebody who can just solve healthcare problems. 
Well, I mean, but part of the times when I say I need a domain expert, I'm trying to avoid exactly that thing that both Shashi and you, Bill, have described. I don't want to spend 80 hours or a month training a guy to get over the hurdles that someone with expertise would have solved, right? I can't, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now, as you're saying that I can't think of any consultant I've ever brought in that I haven't had to give ramp up time. There's nobody within so the question isn't, is there ramp up time? The question is, is it an afternoon or is it a month? That's the difference. Yeah. No, I, I, I have seen like, you know, running all these projects, many times what happens is uh, within my current firm as well, you, when they send the generic, let's say Salesforce experts who have to go and implement some, you know, software and implement. So they, they are not that successful. The reason being they are not able to connect with the business. If you give them the requirement, they will create the heck out of it. They will, uh, they will really implement it very well. Uh, but the point is somebody has to translate the problem um, and help them understand so they can create a solution and help them co-create the solution and then they can implement the solution. So, right. I see so here's, a, here's the question then. What, am, what should I be offering as a consultant when I realize I am going into a situation where I do not have the domain expertise? Do I offer some concession in order to ramp up because I think it's useful yes. for me in the future? What's the Brilliant. concession look like? I, I love the way you articulated this exactly. That's an investment you are making on yourself. See, look, your project requires these 100% of combination of 30% of domain skills and 70%. I'm going to reduce my rate by 30%. Uh, and I'm only going to charge you 70%, but I need this opportunity. I will invest that 30% from my side. I think that's a brilliant idea. I would do that anytime. Yeah. And from the second project, I might charge 110% or 120 well, I, and recover the just, 30%. Yeah. And I'd like to get Chris's input on that too. But, you know, in my piece, it might well be to say, I might actually go into somebody and say, look, I'm willing to charge you 70% on this project that this can find this way because I, this is a, some place that I want to get some expertise. But I want you to know well that when we go to the second project, I won't be offering the same concession because I'll have the expertise. I'll be bringing that as well as my hopefully great skill and precision intellect into this problem, right? I'll be bringing that with me as well. And, uh, you know, I won't be doing the second one at a discount. Uh, okay. So I, there's a couple of things here that, that you guys have said, right? And, and I, was, I was stuck on this, you know, why, well, if I'm the hiring manager, why would I need, why am I looking for someone with this expertise? And I came up with a couple of thoughts, right? One, I think there is, there is this thing of like, look, I, I don't want to have to train you up on, um, you know, cl- what, what, a, what a healthcare claim is, right? And, and the, the methodology by with which it gets processed, the business context is the thing I don't want to have to train you on. Also, I think from a technology perspective, you're really looking for, um, uh, you know, a certainty that someone has the technical chops, right, in order to deliver that work. In other words, it's, a, it's almost like a grading scale, right? If you're, if you're on Angie's list or something and you want to see, like, you know, the reviews for something, right, or, or Yelp or something like that, right, and you get the one that, like, this guy didn't really know what he was doing. Well, shit, I don't want that person, right, coming in and working on my, on my system. So I think there's a way to... That, that it's sometimes used as a way to filter stuff out, right? And right. I was, you know, for me, it's always like, you know, back in the day, right? When they'd be like, well, you need to have 10 years of Java experience. It's like, really? Because Java's really only been out for like five or six years. So I'm like, yeah. I'm not really sure like how that would have gotten done, right? So I think it's a way to filter out 
um, non-qualified candidates. Um, I think there's, I think there's this other thing though that it's um, it's almost like face saving, right? It's uh, a way. No, it's risk mitigation. It, and it, it, it's yeah. risk mitigation purely. It's it's always see what happens is it's always they're trying to find a unicorn. They will they and they never get it. Well, yeah, and 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 I, and I, Chris, I'm not. I wasn't trying to shut you down on that bit. But you know, when you're saying it's face saving, that's that bit, right? It's like I I mean, what I don't want to do is look bad in front of my boss. I don't want to blow this up. And if I I, I want to figure out how I can, what's the shorthand for finding someone who knows how to do this, right? Yeah, I, but you know, the the other part and. You know, where my mind was going was that with this is I think oftentimes the person that is writing this sort of job description, if you want to call it that, often doesn't actually have the expertise themselves, right? Clear, right, right. And so they, not only do they not know the words to use, they're probably using some boilerplate something, something somewhere, right? And it's like all that they know is that uh, for policy administration, we use Guidewire. So you need 10 years of Guidewire experience. Right? They're not understanding, like, well, why? Why would that matter? Hey, if, if, I, if I've not used Guidewire for 10 years, but I know the fundamentals of policy administration in another context, that's got to be just as potentially just as good. And so I think as an individual, as the cat on the ground, right, uh, you need to be looking at that and thinking of like, well, listen, how can I... How can I bring to the table my knowledge of the context, even if it's not in this particular tool set or in this particular industry? Because I really do think, on the one hand, I do believe that some of this is, is a, a little over the top, a little bit of bullshit. But on, on the other hand, I think if you can articulate that case, that is a competitive advantage for you. That's a differentiator for you to say, you know what? I, I haven't done this tool, but I've done all of these other things. And I can, I can describe to you policy administration even if I didn't use that particular tool to do it. So Chris, I want to go there because you know what, I'm looking at my answer and the, what I gave about the problem, how I think it's, it's bogus, they're asking for that. And I, love, I like the point you're making because I don't think that sometimes they think they're asking for, but I just realized how I act versus how I am. So if I got in bid, so here's the big secret to all our listeners. When I got in bid on certain things, I may have never been in industry, but once I find that bid out there, once I know somebody's going, you spend a week digging in researching if you don't know anything about it. Now, the one thing you can't BS. Now, you can, you can't, and I'm not saying you're BS in the business domain. You're digging into the business domain because, frankly, every business domain is pretty much the same, even if you're getting healthcare or whatnot. It's, you can go in and you, you, if you, you've been in industry long enough, you can make a case for you can come in and understand your domain. Um, and if you're articulate, it becomes even better. And if you're good looking like me, then it's like a slam dunk. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's the technology because something like Guidewire, like I can't BS my way through Guidewire or BS my way through Salesforce because frankly, I've never used that technology, which that could be a competitive differentiator. But I'm going back to sort of the how I act versus how I am. And so Richard, a quote Richard Branson was, um, has been attributed to, I don't know if he actually said it, it was like, if you get an opportunity and you don't know how to do it, um, take it anyways and learn how to do it or learn how to do it as you, as you go. It's, and it's complete, you know, horrible uh, summarization. But I just started thinking about that because as you get, as we're going here talking about this, like, yeah, that's actually how I, as a consultant, get around the fact they need 10 years is I always have 10 years of knowledge. I always do. But in any industry, no so, matter where I go. So I, is that just fake it till you make it then? Is that what you're saying? No, because you don't ever want to walk into a client. If I walked into a specific client in an industry and I never researched that industry and I said, yeah, I've got 10 years of, you know, of history, like it's, it's, the, it's the salesmanship versus the out, out front lie. 
And yeah, so, yeah, Bill, try to bring out, to explain to us how the law of attraction works for you in your consulting business. <laughs> Hasn't been working well lately. <laughs> it works less as you age, by the way. <laughs> Talking about that, I've been fairly successful in what I do, so I don't think that law works here. <laughs> Um, but, but so like, but there's something, there's something to what you were saying. And, and I'm reminded of, um, you know, this firm I worked for back in the day, um, out of Chicago. And one of the things that we would talk about is you land on the ground and within, by the end of the first week, you've drafted the final deliverable. Yes. In, in suggesting, implying, right. That, um, whether you have the knowledge of a particular thing, you know, you, you, you're in a place where you need to be uh, good enough that you can figure out at least superstructurally, right? Like what the answer is by the, and then, and then, you know, you may have a few hypotheses about how that that's going to go, but then you fill in a lot of that, that supporting detail as you, as you become more of an expert in the thing. Right. And so I think, you know, there is something to that. I think a lot of that has to do with, we've talked about this before, right? Like gut instinct and, and um, you know, that sort of thing. But so, it, it always reminded me of that, right? Have the answer after the first week when you basically know nothing. You are absolutely right. And I will connect that to what Bill said. So that skill is of a problem solver, right? That skill is not of a domain expert. That skill is not for a technical implementer, but that skill is of a problem sol solver. One week is enough for them to understand and draft a structure of how an end deliverable would look like, and then have rest of the week doing research, secondary research to fill the content within that. And, you know, most of the time being management consultant, and Chris, you know that we, you know, we, we are problem solvers. So we go to the client situation in the first few weeks, even if we don't know, we leverage the expertise, what they have and are able to articulate it better um, in, a, in, a, in a better structural way. So I guess my, my challenge then would be back to the person who's like, again, written the job description for lack of a better term, right? Or the, the person that thinks they have the problem. But my challenge would be to them. Do they actually understand the problem that they think they're trying to solve? Because if they think, right, you know what I need? I need a guy that knows this thing or has done this for 20 years. That's the only way I'm going to solve this problem. Like my, my challenge would be, and, and maybe, maybe this as a consultant, as you're going into to maybe bid on this gig, that would be the challenge, right? Uh, you know, do you really understand this problem? Because I don't think you need someone that needs this knowledge. I think you need someone that can articulate and communicate and uh, address a problem and then find the right people within the organization that have the knowledge to address, address the thing, right? I, I, would I, I like that, Chris, a lot. Because, you know, it strikes me as like, well, wait a second. If you're saying you want somebody who has 10 years of having this problem, clearly you've demonstrated that 10 years of having this problem does not lead to a solution. It's something new that needs to come in here. And that's how we solve this problem, right? So what we're bringing is deep expertise in getting people from point A to point B, right? We are a bridging entity. That's what we do. So, uh, you know, getting lost in saying, we got to really understand the problem. That's not it. We just need to know how to throw a rope. And, and I'll, I'll take what you said, Chris, I'll take it to a different level. You talk about somebody who writes the job description. I'm talking about people who vendor management group who defines requests for proposals, right? When they define it, I need XYZ from the client. 
most of the time we say that okay we need somebody who can come and implement let's say salesforce for me it happened with me past in last two days one on thursday another on friday i was in two meetings same problem in one uh, client was smart enough to include the right thing what they are looking for in the second one they said okay how much uh, we need x amount of uh, x number of resources on salesforce uh, what is your rate and uh, you know how are you going to provide us the resources what capabilities you have and during my presentation i said it very clearly look you haven't asked for this i'm not going to spend too much time on it i'll spend just 5 minutes on it rest 55 minutes will be about what you have asked for we are going to highlight on that guess what that 5 minutes converted into 20 minutes and they want more so i am going to go there and i'm going to dig deeper into that thing which they did not ask for so you are right they don't know what they are asking for so we as an advisor need to tell them we understand this is your ask versus what is your need ask versus the need we need to clearly articulate that well i mean you were you were clearly demonstrating you know um like thought leadership in that one particular area right of of you know the effective challenge back that I know enough. I don't know this thing, but I know enough of of all of these other things to know that maybe you know there's maybe more here. Let's unpack this and and like figure it out a little bit more. So, all right, um, I, I buy that, right? And, and I think there's a really good point to bring up the RFP process because RFP processes that I've been involved with before um, typically end up with like pages and pages and pages of like you need to have five guys that know this and this and this and like all and show us like. 15 examples of blah 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 right and it's just sort of like really yeah because then you know what you get you know what you get in response to that right you get the eccentrics of the world bringing 40 people into a room and saying that they can solve world hunger right and it's like you've asked for everything you're not going to get everything right it's like like i i i just i'm stuck on this like i don't think in the large majority of cases whether it's an rfp situation or it's the i need to fill this role internally or i think i have this problem i want to bring on some consultants to help me address it right in any of those situations i think the challenge is always that fundamentally people don't understand the problem that they're trying to solve uh, i yep. think would be my my take on that but maybe maybe i'm being maybe i'm being too, too uh, glib i think you're absolutely right that's why they're going to a consultant to begin with <laughs> but they don't know how to ask I guess it gets down to Shastri talking about they just don't know how to ask. And so it comes out of, I need 10 years of experience or some very detailed Chris you should go into. I always, I've been on both sides of that RFP process, building those and then receiving those. And I look at them and like, if you don't really know what you're asking for, how the hell can you ask for so much specificity? Yeah. Like, so I'll give you a great example, right? Like um, I, it's all over LinkedIn all the time, right? Especially for the, the European colleagues. Right. And it's like, Oh, you know, GDPR you need to know GDPR. Right. It's like, do I need to know GDPR or do I need to understand the fundamentals of privacy, security, data, um, you know, data at rest, data in transit? Like all, do I, if I understand all of those things and I don't understand subsection 42 of, of the, the code, right? I could, you know what? I'm smart enough. I could go read that damn thing and you know, get up to speed pretty quickly. But the, other, the flip side, if, if you've got the guy that knows subsection 42 of the code but doesn't understand the, all of this other stuff related yeah. to how data moves around, and information and privacy, I think you, you're, you've got the wrong guy. It would be my, yeah. would be my thing. Oh. No, and people get stuck on that. Like, you know, you need to understand three things, right? Are you solving quote unquote, just the business problem? Then you need hundred percent, you know, domain expertise. Are you solving uh, complete, just the technical problem, like configuration of a specific platform or uh, doing a DevOps and stuff like that? 
you don't need domain knowledge you need 100% tech knowledge or are you solving a pro business problem through technology then you need somebody or not somebody you need a team which understands the cusp of health health uh, sorry domain and the technology together that's what you need so there are three sides complete 100% domain 100% tech and on the edge of it that's where i personally uh, survive or that's my usp well so wait, so how much of this like this maybe harkens back to something we talked about i don't know earlier in the year right which is like you know do i really need a thinker for this or do i just need i already know the answer i just need to contract with someone to just come in and like bang on the keyboard and do the thing in which case maybe maybe it's true maybe it's like you need to know you know everything about whatever system you know salesforce module whatever right versus if i need a thinker shit you don't you know what i don't need you to know that what i need you to be able to do is help me sit in a room formulate uh you know articulate a problem uh, artic you know, d uh, uh, describe it well, understand it well, and then you know, formulate paths forward. And to do that, you need okay. a think. You need the problem solver. I, I, I don't know. I think Phil, you actually said it. You said it earlier, right, about that bit, which I forget exactly yeah. what you said, but yeah. No, but there are different paths in this, and so it might be. I mean, I, I think you're exactly right that we may be saying, you know, as a as a client, the client might be saying, I just need execution capacity, right? I know how to solve the problem. Um, I just need someone to go write the code, you know, make sure I didn't miss any requirements, write the code and spit that thing out, and let's implement the solution. That's one thing. But sometimes it's like, you know what? I know, I understand the problem pretty well, but I don't have the path to get to where I want to be. And that's where I bring in, you know, guys like you to say, all right, uh, you know what? I want someone to help me think this through. I mean, maybe the answer is even in my head, but I can't get to it. But I'm hoping that you can help me get to it. That's what the hypothesis is about. I mean, clients most of the time have hypothesis in their head. Uh, they need somebody to come and you know add more hypothesis or validate or invalidate those hypotheses and help them execute it that's the last leg of it shashi i always love how we're using the same words like we're, we're communicating telepathically because i'm sitting here writing notes and chris as you're talking feel you hearken to this it's really two different things i need help formulating hypotheses and i need help managing or validating the hypotheses that I have right so exactly. where you're going is like i have hypotheses i can manage this myself i just need people to you know whether it's click buttons or whatnot validate this and give me feedback or right. phil where you go and you're like you know I, I, it's in my head um i just can't really think of it i need you to come in and help me either articulate or do something i need the formulation of these hypotheses chris i don't know in your linkedin did you ever have like a problem solver as a designation uh, I, I think back in the day, I wrote Ninja, uh, some other stuff, right? You something know, so, something you had. It was gibberish, right? I'm, I'm a problem solver. So, I mean, uh, that's a different breed of people. Um, you can call them consultants or whatever. So, one is somebody who has domain expertise doesn't necessarily mean they can solve their problem. Somebody who has tech expert expertise doesn't necessarily mean they can solve the problem. Problem solving itself is a skill. And then at that point, for that, you don't necessarily need domain expertise. So this is the third category through our conversation I, I learned about it. Yeah, and so I, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I've overcomplicated this, right? Because maybe, I think there are, there is, we're talking about like, we're talking about a, 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 a stratified, right? There's, there's like almost a menu option here, right? And it's like, because you, you definitely have like these cases where I, I need to pay $25 an hour for someone to bang on this keyboard and do this thing. And to do that, you need to be able to bang out a bunch yeah. of, you know, 
power builder code. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not, but right, you know, Java or whatever it is, right? Um, or you need to understand containerization in order to, to be effective. Like, so there's some, that's some knowledge, but I, I kind of feel like, you know, to, to do that job, do you need to have like worked with containers for the past, since, since containers mm -hmm. came out, right? Or is it sufficient? Like, you know, I'm a pretty smart dude. I've, I've worked, I know what they are. I've worked with them a couple of times. Um, I can figure this shit out and I can be just as effective. I mean, there may be, even at the lower price point, there may even be that thing. I'm, 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 I'm convincing myself that this is not a problem. Or it is. I've done that because I've taken organizations to containerized organizations. I've done, I've done technology ships from C Sharp to Java. 40 hours is all it takes to get somebody from who doesn't know anything to being competent enough to get basic production software out there. And I know people will argue with me to death, but plural site, Linda, if you're good from a management perspective, putting together a very set of curated, um, uh, uh, and this is what I do for all my organizations, no matter what, um, curated lists of uh, education topics, you can get them from zero to producing in 40 hours. Um, uh, that's a big key thing as we talk about domain expertise is, and it's almost where Malcolm Gladwell did the whole 10,000 hours for an expert. You don't need 10,000 hours. You don't need 10 years. The question is what, what on that scale do you need? Is it 40 hours or is it 10,000 hours? Um, almost going to your point. Well, well, yeah, but this, this is the, this is the problem definition, right? Because you know, my effective challenge to anyone looking for someone would be like, you don't need an expert in, Kubernetes or whatever, right? You don't need an expert. You need competence, right? Yes. Because well, yeah. So uh, to completely with your point, Chris. But I mean, I think isn't part of that is to say, look, it says you feel like you need, you know, someone with ten years of Kubernetes as, as an example. Um, how did you come to that? Why do you think you need that? Um, because you got to figure out what the underlying question is that they really had in their mind, right? Because you might, in fact, say to them, you know. You're asking for 10 years, but really isn't like six months all it takes to become competent at yes. that? You know, it's I, like brushing my teeth or riding a bike. I mean, I could do it for 10 years. Am I that much better? I, I agree. I was about to say that, you know, it's uh, um, all it takes is one good, decent project for you to understand the entire life cycle. After that, it's just repeat, repeat, repeat. How good you, you can incrementally become better. Um, but your fundamentals are definitely there. All right, so here you go, right? So in fact, someone with deep domain experience and having done something for 10 years is someone you, not, you should not be looking for because that is yes. someone that is ossified, right? Yes. They are- they, Potentially, yeah. They've stuck. They've right. st still stuck doing the same thing. Phil, we've talked about this before, right? Like, hey, you know, I'm still, I'm an expert at Lotus Domino, right? It's like- right. Good for you, but you know it's 2019. You know you've demonstrated like no ability to grow or change. So yes, yes. Right. many years experience in it, but so what, right? Um, yeah. And some, some, and sometimes when you bring somebody from other industry, you have better ability to apply the ways to solve problem in the other industry in your industry because you yourself know about your industries better, anyways. Well, but so let, let's talk about that because I know we've been we we started out talking about like industry and knowledge, and we sort of shifted. We've been talking about a lot of tech knowledge. Uh, but this, let's let's refocus it here and, and begin to wrap this a little bit. Like, but when when we talk about industry knowledge, can you can uh, Shashi maybe you're a good one to answer this, right? Uh, but is, is there something that is that is so important that you need to have that person that that has that knowledge in health, and just because they did it in FS, 
you know, it's not, that's not good enough. I need you to have like health experience. It, it is. If I, if I take an example, so like, you know, claims processing, somebody from health tech won't know about claims processing unless client is willing to give them some ramp up time for a couple of weeks to understand it. It's very complicated and it's not complicated because it should be complicated. It's because the way healthcare companies has devised the claims processing, insurance companies are thriving on just claims processing. So if they have an issue in that, I genuinely feel you need somebody who has done at least one project, if not 10 years, who understands this. Otherwise, it's going to be not easy for them to come and do the process design work or process optimization works. They won't be able to do that. Right. Uh, but, but, but hold on. Your point right there, right? Process optimization work. I've done process optimization work in logistics and freight. Right. How long is it going to take me to figure out process optimization for healthcare claims processing? That's the thing from a client perspective, and I'm going to lobby for them, right? If they're paying somebody $300, $400 an hour for somebody like you, I don't know, like probably $500,000, I rather have that person. I rather have that unicorn. If I'm not getting that unicorn, I rather spend, you know, $150 of uh, somebody who can do it for me who doesn't have that expertise. You have to give that. X percentage of which Bill, uh, Phil and I were talking about. I'm willing to do this at 70%. I haven't done it. Not that you can't do, but client will pay you your 100% only if you have that expertise. Why okay. should they pay you entire amount? No, I, I got that. So that goes to like perceived value, right? And yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I think that that construct, Phil, that you had earlier, I think that's a that's a good one, right? Especially if it's something you haven't done before. Listen, you know, and 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 also by the way, let's negotiate around. Um, you know, some of these differentiators, right? Which is, look, I, I understand all of this. I haven't done it in this space, but you know what? Um, I, I'm able to do this because with me, um, you're going to get a discount up front, the 70%. And oh, by the way, with me, because of, because of my ability, uh, with me, you are going to get, uh, a, you know, a seven day, a, a seven day uh, out, right? In other words, at the end of week one, if you think there's no value in pursuing this, uh, I'll pick up my pick up my laptop and and head home. And you're out only one week worth of uh, right. consulting expenses, right? I like that Ibo. That's by Ibo there too, and some of the stuff. That's why I like to sell sprints at a time. It's like, hey, let's not. It's like let's not do entitlement funds. Do meter funding because at some point in time, if something doesn't work out, you haven't committed five hundred grand, um, and uh, we can both walk away amicably um, in the instance that something you know doesn't play out. Now, a lot right? Of and I mean, I mean, the reality, of course, is once you're on the ground. You, that is now the status quo situation, right? So yeah. the chances of that changing, right? They would have, that's now disruptive for them to get rid of you. You're that you're there. Right. And um, so I think, I think that's, a, that's a good strategy, right? For, it's, for it has to be, a, it has to be a true issue for them to get rid of you as opposed to, you're right, it's disruptive. And so you're not, not trying to manipulate this side, but you're, they also have to be a true issue as opposed to something that may be more superfluous. Right. And Chris, how many times, and um, you know, Bill, I believe you too, when you start working for a client in the first project you do for them, you probably were the unicorn. You work with them. You establish that relationship. Next project they have over there, you are not a unicorn. You are like 60% or 50% there, but still they would love to have you to solve that problem because they have trust in you. You know what I mean, right? It's, it's like that. If I walk in being the unicorn and walk out, exactly say walk in being 100% unicorn and I walk out still being 100% unicorn, I failed in doing what I need to do by getting yeah. that organization up on their own feet and running. 
yeah no second project they will hire you even if you had 50% of the skill set it happens with me all the time all the time first project you know i am the perfect guy for them they can't find anybody better than me second project i am not 100% probably 60% 70% but they end up hiring me why because they see that i can deliver they see that i am a problem solver if i don't know 100% i still can do it for them it's all it's risk mitigation you know yeah. trust right you you did this once i think you can do it again that's a good plan yeah. we've all learned that social proof so all right so let's let's get final thoughts on this topic um i'll i'll go first just cuz it's on the top of my head right phil earlier you said you said um i, I really loved the way you said it i wish i'd written it down i'll have to look at it on the recording but um i think it was it was something like you know well, we are really good at solving complex problems and getting people from our clients from point a to point b right and that involves uh, the, pro the, the art of problem solving, it involves uh, effective communication and articulation and hypothesis-driven analysis and all of these wonderful things. And it actually matters less. That matters more. What matters less is that I did this one particular thing for 10 or 15 years to give myself, you know, so I can put expert on my LinkedIn profile, right? We need to see the problem we are trying to solve. If it's uh, significantly business heavy um, and they are trying to solve a business problem, then you need somebody who has deep uh, you know, right degree of domain expertise. But if they they understand the problem very well and they are able to articulate the solution and they just need a technical solution, then they can live with somebody who has 80% technical knowledge and maybe 10 or 15 or 20% of domain knowledge. But the key here is um, that element of problem solver, right? Sometimes you may have a domain expert, but he's not a problem solver. He can talk about healthcare policy for, for the entire day without solving your problem, you would realize it. On the other side, somebody who can talk about Java for the entire day without understanding how he can solve your problem. So that's a skill that is required. So for me, in a nutshell, it's a team sport. You should look at not an individual. If you're trying to solve a problem, what kind of team you need to form? And that team needs to have a combined skill which gives you coverage for domain as well as technology, as well as ability to solve a problem. Make them quick at about three. One other video regulatory we could talk about that i've dealt in itar so international international trafficking in arms um i do think there is exceptions to domain expertise in general i don't think you need it um to people writing like 10 20 years of experience uh to me that just tells me you don't know what you're looking for and you can't articulate it um that's a challenge to you to write better and think about what you're looking for and if you don't know what you're looking for state it um but then at the end of the day my synopsis is Keep asking for your 10 plus years people. Um, and I would be uh, maybe being facetious and say, uh, spinning your circles. Because while you and your 10 plus year people are working on your solution, before you ever get it to market, I will have a new, better, you know, I'm not worried about your optimization solution, and you'll be uh, out of business by the time you're actually implemented. Um, so that's my, that's sort of my critique as I look at that one. And yes, I feel very passionate about that one because I, when I look at these industries, it's just, I mean, look at healthcare with Amazon coming out. I'm sorry. They, once some of this stuff comes out next three to five years, some traditional people are going to be hurting pretty bad. Um, and just when somebody says 10 X years of experience, that's what I think of. I think of, well, you're going to be the people that are going to be eaten up out of jobs uh, and lost business because you um, can't, um, I, I don't want to use the word innovate, but you can't, uh, you can't define the, the curve. Um, and you're always behind it. Bill thinks people that need a domain expertise are really working at Kodak and they just don't know it. Okay. Got it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Phil, Phil Yanov, take us out. What's, what's the, what's the last bit that you have on this? 
You know, I think for our audience, right, the folks we're talking to, they are the consultants who are doing these things, right? They're the folks who are doing that work. And I think the important for them, part for them is to figure out who do you want to work with? And if you've identified the kinds of people and the kinds of problems you really want to work with, then you ought to be diving in and you ought to do what it takes to take, to learn what it is you need to learn. And, you know, I think when someone comes to you and says, hey, we need 10 years of X or Y and you feel like you don't fill the bill, I think you should be asking them how they came by that, right? And you ought to be digging into that bit and saying, well, how can I bring my expertise? I, and, you know, that's a power, too, of your personal brand, I hope, over time. You know, Shashi started us off with the idea of, you know, he's a unicorn. He's the perfect guy for that thing. I think if you're working with the right people, you are the perfect guy to solve that problem. Perfect gal. But you're the perfect person to be doing, solving that problem. And you ought to lean into it just like that. If for some reason you feel like there's some enormous delta between you and what needs to get done, but you really want to work with them, then you consider whether you want to offer them some sort of concession in order to get that work and gain that expertise so you can build them full freight the next time. Right. I love it. I, I, I love, I love the phrase full freight, right? That's yeah. what So, uh, all right. There's, there's one, one more thing I want to say. Josh, you, always, you always have one more. You're like, yes, you're yes, stopped. yes. So like one more thing. So you don't hire skills, you hire people, right? So don't take skills and the experience requires too strong to your heart. You are hiring people at the end of the day. So focus on that and less on the skills. All right. Okay. Good, good final, final, like version FF, right? Final, final version from Shashi. Thank you. All right. Uh, th so that was, that was pretty interesting, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Uh, Shashi Shramali, Bill Bensing, Phil Yanoff. I'm Chris Lockhart. Thank you, everybody. Uh, be sure to check out the YouTube channel and uh, subscribe. And also go to the website and uh, you know leave some comments or something uh, that we're always looking for those. So thanks very much. We will see you guys next time.